Oh, no, but really, it is a shame. I loved his work in Grizzly Tales for Gruesome Kids. <laughs> oh, well. Oh. Goodness me. Oh. Boys and girls oh. and goyles and goiters and ghouls and grannies and gibbons. Welcome, <laughs> one and all, to the big damn cast. Nerdy news, geeky gossip stuff that's fit to fill your time until... You finally decide cat ketchup or cats up. Cats. Ketchup or cats up. Neither. Either or. That is one of my favourite scenes in all of The Simpsons because it sat with me for years. You know the one I'm talking about where Burns basically has to go out and do all of his errands for him because Smithers is off ill. Mm. And he's just in a store looking. He's like, there's two bottles. Ketchup. 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 <laughs> Ketchup, and as a kid, I just thought it was oh the rhythm is funny. Oh, he doesn't know which one to buy. And then after about twenty odd years of just thinking about that scene, I finally asked myself the question: the fuck is ketchup? <laughs> and I looked it up. Guess what? It's ketchup. It's just a brand of ketchup. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a brand of ketchup. It's a brand of ketchup. Well done, Simpsons. You got me thinking. And that's the last time you'll be saying that for a long time. Um, <laughs> my name is Chris Catsup Johnson. Uh, my name <laughs> is Matthew Ketchup Watson. Um, and we got some nerdy news to talk about. We're recording this Year of Our Lord 2021 uh, on Monday the 12th of April. We're recording this episode. So any big stories that have come out since uh, that happened in the future, which we were unable to talk about, here's our reaction. Yeah. Holy shit, we're, we're... can you believe that? No. Oh, no. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I am confused, slash scared, slash excited, slash aroused. <laughs> I am all four. Um, we are <laughs> One for each genitalia. We're currently recording this from the nearest beer garden, enjoying a socially distanced <laughs> pint uh, with all yeah. the old folks on mobility scooters. Because um, they're the <laughs> only people about this who today. go around here. Um, we don't have, in our local area, any sort of prominent... Or pleasant beer garden, really. There isn't one. The only one I can think of. I think Moorside Farm's got one. Maybe. Yeah, but then again, it's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? It's yeah. A bit of a strut. Down Moorside and, Road. And, and then. Um, like, the and last order got... doesn't have any. The church no. inn doesn't have one. The football's awful. The football um, is awful. Yeah, I don't know. Basically, what I'm saying is. Do you want to just meet in the park with a couple cans of old mouth? We can do gardens now. <laughs> Oh, you can. I can come sit in your garden and mm-hmm. um, look at you from a distance. I'm doing gardens on Thursday with me with me dad for his birthday. Because it's his birthday today. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Papa Watson. Um, I'm doing, in the past. Doing gardens on Thursday with him. So I've taken Thursday and Friday off work so I can uh, get blackout drunk. Um, <laughs> and a just, good plan. And just good forget plan. everything. Um... <laughs> Speaking of blackout drunk, um, someone Siri at Sony thought it was a good idea. Siri segue. Oh, this is this works. This works. Let's keep him going. Let's keep someone, him going. Someone at Sony thought it was a good idea to make a deal with Netflix to give them exclusive streaming rights for their upcoming feature films. Yeah, this hit this weekend, didn't it? Yeah. What the f- 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 what the, f- what the f- I mean, this what the why this could well be a good idea. Basically, it's a US focus licensing deal, so I'm not sure if it will be the same. Crack for us 
in the Uk um, <laughs> and surrounding regions. But <laughs> basically it just means Netflix have the first pay window rights to stream them after they've hit the, hit the theatres and home entertainment. So Ah, so it's not a guarantee. No, it it's, basically it's gives first Netflix bid. first refusal, I think. Um, okay. And it's for the next five years, so it's going to be where... Once they come to streaming services, where you're going to be able to watch Morbius, Uncharted, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse again, uh, Electric Spider-Verse, uh, future um, installments of Venom, and presumably Ghostbusters Afterlife, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, any more Jumanji and Bad Boys follow-ups that we get or don't get. Um <laughs> The upcoming I, Ghost of Tsushima uh, movie that oh, yeah. Chad Stileski's gonna do. Um, I get. I guess Spider Man No Way Home's probably in a grey area because it's it's though it's a Sony movie, it's only a Sony distributed movie. Yeah, and to be fair, that's like really the only Sony one of these Sony movies apart from Spider Verse Two that I'm actually give a left fuck about. Like, yeah. Oh, then again, it, it maybe it's more likely to be a Netflix deal because uh, to this day on Disney Blues, the um, the Universal movie, uh, Incredible Hulk, and the two Spidey films, which are Sony distributed films, um, aren't on Disney Plus under the Marvel banner. Oh, out of the okay. MCU stuff. Yeah, it's it's like they have everything except for Incredible Hulk and the two Spidey solo movies. I'm sure I've seen so, Hulk on that. I'm also, I might be thinking of Now TV actually. Could be. I mean, I know. I know. Yeah. When, I know when it launched. Um, I think it was uh, Iron Man. Iron Man Two, Thor, and Captain America: The First Avenger weren't all on there when it first launched. It was like a couple months in that they arrived because they're Paramount films. Yeah. Um, as it as is the Avengers technically, but Avengers was the first one to be Disney distributed. Yes. Oh. So someone's calling me, and Ooh. they cannot. <gasps> Why have um, you struck them down and called no, blue? Just because I'm recording this. Stupid podcast. Um, <laughs> what are the pros and cons of this map? Not the podcast, um, the Sony thing. I mean, just probably not that many. Like pros, it's one good less for Netflix. streaming service to have to pay for. Yeah, cons stuff. If you don't have Netflix, stuff might only come to it. It's really neither hither nor thither. It's just interesting to see, um, like where. It's it's nice that Sony haven't decided to make the, an, their own streaming service like every fucker else has. I mean, um, I know over here in the UK on on Freesat, they have a movie channel. There's a Sony movie channel now. Yeah. So they must have been testing the waters of like, do we bother with a streaming service or do we just work with I, other streaming services? I don't think they've got enough of a back catalogue to do a streaming service um, because I, they also don't produce a lot of their own TV. True. A lot of their TV stuff is partnerships, like the HB, like the Last of Us thing is HBO. Yeah. So and they they have, they have a fair bit of animation to their name. They've that's got a lot true. of stuff from the the nineties and two thousands. Spectacular Spider Man, Godzilla. Like there's a, there's a fair amount of stuff out there. Yeah, I that's, think that's that's Columbia because that'd be it as well. It'd be Columbia TriStar stuff as well because that comes under the. Sony of banner. course, yeah, because they they took over all that stuff. Um. Yeah, I suppose. It's a, it's a streaming service that exclusively just has the three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies on it. Yeah. I'd pay for it. I already own them on DVD and Blu-ray. Twice on Blu-ray, but I would I would pay for it. Why I do you would. own them twice on Blu-ray? 
because where one of the first box set Blu-ray things to come out in 2007 was the box set of the three Raimi films. Yeah, I had that for a while. Yeah, and, I've, and that's on a shelf behind this ring light, actually. Nice. Um, uh, but then about five years later, they finally released them with one and two having extras on them. Because oh, okay. th- that box set's just film one and film two, and then a two-disc special edition of number three. Ah, like, the best right. of the three. Yeah, well, it was back when it was like, Blu-ray, we're going to fit so much more on, on the discs. Oh, brilliant. But for years, they're just going to have the same amount of discs as the DVD yeah. version. Huh? So is that because all the special features are in high definition and take up more room on the disc then? No, they're all in standard definition. <laughs> then what's the point? Oh, look, now they've started making disc two in Blu-ray sets, just a copy of the DVD bonus disc. Yeah. Because they can't be asked. It's just um, DVD. Yeah, but so then I bought it again, and I'm glad I did, because it gives you all the special features, including all the lovely Easter eggs added on as like outtake reels, and uh, Spidey Spider Man 2.1 is on the Spider Man 2 Blu-ray and the re-release. So, oh, okay. Which is the like the 20 minute longer cut. Oh, I remember when they did that in X Men 1.5. Yeah, I had that. It was pointless. It was absolutely <laughs> pointless. It was mostly worth it for the special features. The film was no different. It was like, why? Why does this exist? I think there was a couple of deleted scenes they just put back in. Yeah, it like wasn't much. Ah, all. Wolverine! I'm walking around the corridor. Great. Uh, <laughs> Which I thought was a weird hair. piece of dialogue for him to have, but <laughs> Wolverine gets up and walks down the corridor. The walls are silvery blue. The doors are laden with an X. <laughs> is he just reading the stage? He's directions? just reading the stage. Yes, I think he is. Does Wolverine do that? Probably no one on this production has read a comic book. Let's just <laughs> let's just let him say it. Let Listen, him do the thing. it was a formatting error in the script. <laughs> they put all of the stage directions in speech bubbles. Let's just blame it on Joss Whedon. <laughs> He's done enough, so we can. Yeah, we can throw him onto the log fire. We, we can throw him. We can th- we can throw him. We can throw him under the bus for that because. He's under several buses at the moment. Um, deservedly so. Uh, so yeah, there's so many things happening. Um. I'm really not excited about that Uncharted movie. I don't know about you. I'm not fussed. I, the thing is, for me, I'm not, I don't, I don't hate the idea because when they announced it, and and as a, as is apparent as of this recording, it doesn't bump the continuity of the games, and it's not just an adaptation of the game. Because if it was an adaptation of one of the games, just play the game. Like the perfect version of it already exists. Um, so they've gone. No, it's it's a story that takes place during the flashback period that you see in number three mm. when he's younger. And I'm like, okay, all right, yeah, because we see a flashback of him meeting Sully for the first time, and you know, in number four we see a flashback from around that period or just before that period with him and his brother. It's like, okay, so there's a there is definitely a period in Nathan Drake's life where him as a teenager was getting up to this shit. Okay. Fine, you're gonna do a story of him in his late teens, early twenties. All right, great. Tom Holland, Tom Holland, not my first choice, but do you know what? Sure, kids got charisma. I'm there. Who's playing Sully? You've lost me, Mark fucking Wahlberg. Like, just why? The worst casting for Sully. The worst. But it's because we've talked about this before. Yeah. He was tied to play Nathan Drake in an adaptation about ten years ago. So I guess they just kept rolling his contract over and it was cheaper I, to keep him on board than it would have been to buy him out. I don't like Mental. it. I don't, I, don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Turn it hey, off. Hey, um, hey, it's me. No. It's, 
Victor Goddamn Sullivan. I'm going to drink a Bud Light. Um, if no. I see one Bud Light in that movie, I'm walking out. Oh, no, I'm not going to watch it at the cinema. It's fine. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey! But, no, that's due out in 2022, so we probably will be watching it in cinemas then if there are any left. Cinema? Um, Cinemagy? Kinematograph. Um, <laughs> Kinematopia. Kinematograph. Kinematography. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the thing that's happening. Streaming deals and networks and all that fun and profit. All that tasty sex. Uh, let's talk did about... You... Oh, yeah, you were saying? You were going to say? I was going to say, did you see the weird leak that's happened vis-a-vis Marvel's What If? No. So, I think in the days after we record this... Yeah. This information's going to drop proper or we're going to get a, tr- a new trailer. Because... Uh, Hayley Atwell posted to her Instagram yesterday. Ah, uh, yes, Hatwell. Reposted the trailer from a few months back, the yeah. What If trailer, saying summer 2021. Yes. It's like, okay, it's not a new trailer, same trailer. Yes. The, the reason this is likely that it's happened and that other people might be resharing it is because a, a mall somewhere... You know those stands that sell like prints and and uh, holographic images in plastic frames and calendars and yeah, the twenty twenty version of blacklight posters. Yeah, effectively, <laughs> well, you know the, the pop up pop up in the mall jobbies that are always there. They're always in the near the food court or like yeah. in the corridors. A mall somewhere in the arse end of nowhere put out a print because all of these things as well artificial merch ever they're just like sourced images and they're turned into you know canvases and whatnot one of them put up a marvel what if image thing is it's not a what if poster it's a team poster for the guardians of the multiverse shit the reason it's like wait what is because it looks like it's a branded logo kind of dealio that's obviously been sourced by accident or found by accident or whatever that features Peggy Carter's Captain Britain, uh-huh. a clean-shaven sort of first Thor minus the beard-looking Thor, T'Challa's Black Panther, an armoured Black Widow. Sorry, T'Challa is um, Star-Lord. Uh, an armoured Black Widow, Killmonger, um, and a few other little features. Yeah, I'm, make I'm, you go. Oh, I found yeah. it now. They make you go. Wait, what? Now, the reason why this is likely legitimate is because a, why would Haley well suddenly be like, oh, guess we better ramp up the news about when the show's going out, everybody. Uh, if it wasn't because they're like, shit, I guess we're gonna have to this this next week or so start hinting at more stuff and prepping everyone for its release. Um, and also. What if was advertised to us as like one for every movie, a what if tale of, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like mm. this, but what if, you know, classic set for the comics, you know, Oatu, the Watcher, uh, presiding over everything. Maybe there is an ongoing arc here. Maybe the what if tales are involving some kind of avengers equivalent or in this case guardians of the multiverse who are being conjoined from the different realities to battle against something Mm. because 
what is the MCU if not a place where they're quite happy to go? Yeah, let's make it connected. Why not? Come on, let's let's let's, let's make people stick around so that people don't just tune into what the what if based on the film they like the most. Like if there is an ongoing thread through these alternate reality stories, Spider Verse style, like the comic book Spider Verse style, then people are more likely to stick around and watch the whole thing. Mm. Either way. I'm the, the main thing I'm taking away from this is Hayley Atwell has said summer 2021. So as far as I'm concerned, that's the only solid piece of news. And that makes me happy. Gospel that means, truth from the mouth of a saint. Because that means we get Falcon and the Soldier. We get Star Wars, the Bad Batch. We get Loki. And then we get What If. And at some point in the middle of all that, because we'll talk about Loki in a second, but at some point in the middle of all that, we're getting... Star Wars detours. Have you seen this re- this press release? No. Okay. So it back in the late two thousands, early twenty tens, Lucasfilm. Oh, is, who were like, is this the Robot Chicken we- Show? Yeah, Lucasfilm were like, "What are we doing with the Star Wars property?" Sod all. What did we mostly make money on aside from merchandise lately? Oh yeah, we did those tie-ins with Robot Chicken and Family Guy, and those DVDs sell well. Get the Robot Chicken guys on the phone. Let's. Let's make a comedy show. Fuck it. And they commissioned like a, I think it was something like a 70 plus run and 40, uh, 49 episodes were produced. I might be off on my numbers. Yeah. But it was, it was two, a lot. Two seasons worth, roughly two, two yeah. seasons worth of a show called Star Wars Detours, which was advertised as sketches based on the different people within the Star Wars universe. The everyday people. The shops, the businesses, the families affected by, you know, the conflicts going on in the time between the prequel and the um, original trilogy. So, like, comedic versions of those tales from Jabba's Palace, tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina, uh, yeah. star story collections. Yeah, that that kind of jobby. But then the fi- the footage they put out as, like, a teaser is very much a, yeah, but all the sketches are going to be about Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader and Han Solo and, like, tiny valley girl Princess Leia and Jar Jar Binks. And it's just like... So it's not about the the average people of the... Okay, sure, whatever. Um, a lot of returning voice cast from the Robot Chicken interpretations, yeah. including like Seth MacFarlane as Palpatine and uh, Brecken Meyer as Boba Fett, and, uh, which is great because his Boba Fett's great. Pew, 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 and down goes Solo. Like, he's <laughs> fun as Boba Fett in the Robot Chicken special. So that's great. Um, Seth Green as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Ahmed Best as Jar Jar Binks, like, you know, they've got a fair fair amount of talent in there. Anthony Daniels as C-3PO recorded all this stuff. Thing is, this show, they produced nearly two seasons with it, CGI animated. Based on the trailers, it's not as good as the Robot Chicken specials, but, you know, it's it's fun. It's a fun little, it's a detour, Star Wars detours. <laughs> and then Disney bought Lucasfilm. And went, hey everyone, we're doing a new trilogy. One is already in production. Everything you know, aside from the six pre-existing films, is now not canon. It's Star Wars Legends, except for the Clone Wars animated series and the Rebels animated series. Everything else is now defunct. Um, Here's what's going on going forward. Goodbye, everybody. Also, we want you all to take Star Wars seriously again, because we're about to drop a new trilogy. So this thing over here? He's gonna put it in a, a box and, 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 and it's been about eight years there has been no news as to whatever was going to happen to detours but through people like felicia day and seth uh, seth green uh and, and other talents that were involved in it we learned that 
40 odd episodes were produced two seasons worth there were scripts going up to at least 70 episodes and it's never coming out yesterday the news broke that disney plus will be releasing star wars detours all completed episodes some episodes that needed just a bit more work have been finished and a couple of specials that they obviously were working on too have also been finished, and they will be released on Disney+. Plus. Are they going to be part of the Star Wars Vintage Collection? That, that seems to be the belief, yes, because they've started putting out stuff that's no longer, you know, no longer canon, but exists, like droids, Caravan of Courage, or you know, Ewoks, all this stuff has the started The animated segment from the holiday special, but yes, not the whole holiday but special. not the holiday special. Cowards! Um, uh, things like... Uh, uh, the the uh, oh god was it Aronofsky's uh, the Clone Wars uh, like, Jenny like Tartovsky not Aronofsky Tartovsky 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 Jendi Tartovsky Yendi Dar Samurai Jack no, yes Dexter's Lab Dexter's Laboratory Tartovsky um, Ski Dexter's Laboratory Ski Clone Wars Ski um, Asajj Ventress Ski not Darren Aronofsky Darren Aronofsky's Clone Wars would be very different and probably kind of cool I imagine but anyway mm. yeah so it's Mother, hit or miss. Uh, oh, true. Um. Oh God, that film. Anyway, uh. So, the only thing worse and more traumatic than than the having spent money to see that in the cinema was then being part of a hidden camera prank in my own house that same afternoon. Um. That wasn't <laughs> fun. Uh. But, um. Curse you, Sam and Mark. Uh. But, um. And my wife. But um. Yeah, there was. So, so the belief is it might be dropped with that. There is a suspicion that it's going to be released on May the 4th. Because yeah. why not? Like, happy Star Wars Day to celebrate. Here's a 50-plus episode comedy animated series that's never been seen before. Enjoy. Like, why not? I, I wouldn't blame them. But, hey folks, in the words of the immortal Dr. Ian Malcolm, life, uh, uh... Uh, finds a wet a a Star Wars detours. That's <laughs> what he says. That's the original quote from Jurassic Park, and then they cut it out. The cowards. So yeah, that's a thing. Loki. Did you see the trailer? I did see the trailer for Loki. <clears throat> I feel like it doesn't actually tell us that much no. more than we already know. It but just I'm sort looks of fine cool, with that. Which is fine. It confirms that it's Endgame Loki. It's it's. It's cocked up timeline Loki. We see him. Did you see them be like, "Yeah, you nicked the tesseract. And you weren't meant to do that." It's like, "Oh, okay." So it's definitely this, but it's not. They're not doubling down. Like our Loki that we spent three phases of a movie series with is dead. He is dead. He's dead as a doornail. This guy is the other guy. <laughs> it seems like he'll be getting a, a sort of version of that same character development. Yeah. Um. But maybe via a different. Uh... Avenue. Owen Wilson looks like he's having a blast. Which is always good. Also, grey-haired Owen Wilson. Suits him. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of Daddy Owen Wilson stuff coming out (laughs) when this uh, when this hits. Wow. So I'm so mature now. Wow. Well Um, is it? Yeah. Um can we take a moment to acknowledge the bit where it looks like Loki's having his photo taken in front of Pompeii? That's mm, that is the that is the kind of humor I'd hope from a Loki-based project. Yes, 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 yes. Um, 
the double cross nature, the whole like you've literally stabbed every everyone you ever worked with, you've stabbed in the back. Well, not this time. <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah, whatever. I I like the score. Yeah. Mm. It sounds sounds nice. It's just stylish, and it it looks mm. like it's going to be very different to One Division and Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is nice because it means that the, these sort of limited series that they're doing are very much their own flavor of each which is is neat i think that's been um been the strength so far of of the two that we've had well the, the second one we're still in the progress of but yeah i'm looking forward to to loki i think it'll be a good laugh uh should oh, we talk about that, falcon and winter is, soldier is that a segue i think that's a segue yeah so from this point on boys and girls mild spoilers for falcon and the winter soldier episode four um then full-blown spoilers and yes. then our main our main dish after that which will be full-blown spoilers, if you want spoil-free thoughts on it. Last week! Yeah. But, um, yeah, stick around if you're happy for spoilers for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Giant Ape and the Fiery Lizard Boy. Godzilla vs. So. Kong! Uh, but first of all, Falcon and Winter Soldier, episode four hit this weekend, um, and it took us places. We get more of the... The, the Wakandan Zemo tension. Ooh. We get more of John Walker getting involved and get a bit more uh, insight into the motivation of the Flag Smashers, particularly Carly, and sort of Sam's uh, various attempts to solve these problems. And it doesn't end well. <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't. Well, um, starters, Sam absolutely should have been Captain America. This series is showing that this is a man who has developed such a level-headed approach to everything he's yeah. doing now that, like, the, the person Mackie's performance reminds me of the most in this is Chris Evans in The Winter Soldier. Yeah. Like, he, he's operating off the grid to try and take down something bigger and scarier in a way that the main organization don't want to do or going about the wrong way. And he's just so he's so calm. Like he he's not without the urgency. It's not like he's breezing through everything. But I mean, but you know that's this, why this, this was you know the first time our heroes face off against the 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 antagonist of the series. Like Sam st- sits down and talks to Carly. Yeah, and you're like, holy shit, is this going to be resolved? I think this is going to be resolved. Sounds really good at this shit, and they play on his strengths. They play on the fact that he, you know, he he obviously has had to do negotiation when it comes to actually military stuff because he's been an infiltration guy, he's been a flight guy, so it's been about getting into places, mm-hmm. getting what needs getting, and then getting the hell out of there. But also his um his work with with trauma and, and PTSD and pe- people who feel lost after after coming home from combat and and losing friends in in war, like he's. He gets where she's coming from, and it's it's that to me was the first thing about this story, this episode, where I was like, "This is why it's a series about Sam Wilson." Like, this yeah. is why, yeah. because this is where he shines, um, and and why it's different. You know, he 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 helps other people deal with their trauma, whereas the last series we just watched was about someone dealing with their trauma the worst possible way. Yeah, this is about someone who's like, nah. Like people need to be listened to. If basically, if Wanda had gone to Sam for some consultation, Wanda Vision never would have happened, and well, people's lives would have been spared. She would, he would have absolutely talked her out of doing anything rash. Um, 
You say that. <laughs> True. <laughs> this is wonder. Um, Bucky. <clears throat> Fuck me. Um, nice in this. Doesn't really get to do too much, but we get a glimpse into that moment of relief when he realised he was no longer the Winter Soldier. We, we yeah, learned about that was what, what, what Wakanda did for him specifically. Um, and that was wonderful. Br- brilliantly performed by him and the uh, the actor who plays Ao. She was phenomenal. She's great. She's in it briefly, and you come away going, "Yeah, she's the coolest motherfucker in this." I show. mean, I like, I like all the. I think the, the, the just the the Inside visuals for the Dora Milaje. is just yeah. really strong, but um, it does so you help. don't have any jurisdiction here. The Dora Milaje have jurisdiction wherever the Dora Milaje are. All right. <laughs> Okay, not gonna mess with you. You've got vibranium weapons and you know how to use them. And boy, I am do not they gonna step to you. This absolutely fucking <laughs> beast, John Walker. We get a bit of Sharon. There's definitely something more going on there. There's definitely something more going on there with Sharon Carter. Do you think? I think there is. I think there is because I was gonna ask something, but then I don't want it. To, I don't want to do it. No, we'll do it in spoilers. We'll do it in spoilers. But yeah. I think there's more to it. I, I, the fact when the fact. That she was back in this over the phone suggests to me that it's not a case of well Emily Van Camp's going to be in one episode and then we're going to move on but she might like cameo no no Sharon's not done we have two more episodes her plot is not finished Madripoor is not a plot that is finished there's um, got to be more uh, Florence Kasumba is the uh, the actress who plays Ao Florence Kasumba you're a goddamn badass and we love you um, then uh, Zemo a bit, a little less Zemo this week but that's never that's not a bad thing because Brule does. What he does best whenever he's oh, on screen. He's such a git. I love him. I love him so much. Did you see Marvel's treat to everyone this week online? So, jokingly, after last week's dance montage yeah. at the club, people started joking on Twitter and, and YouTube, especially in the comment section, hashtag release the Zemo cut. <laughs> because Daniel Brühl had mentioned in an interview that, oh, we shot like half an hour of that shit <laughs> all you saw was like a tiny bit of it so people started you know jumping on the snyder cut kind of piss takey bandwagon release the zemo cut well marvel heard you all oh. because not only did they release an a minute and it's like a minute and eight second video to all their socials set to the club track from that scene of just different cuts of him dancing from different takes but they put an hour-long version of that on a loop on the Marvel Entertainment YouTube channel. <laughs> so they released the Zemo cut. Um, and I think a bunch of people are now going to start using that as their meditation and motivation background music. Because just looking over at the screen every now and again and watching him do that weird little fist pump is uh, is a beautiful thing. It's, it's the white- fabulous. It's the whitest dancing I've ever seen and it makes me very happy. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. He's a git. He he gets to Zemo up in this one. He gets oh, yeah. to he gets to do some very Zemo esque things, like as in the well, well. Okay, let's differentiate. Some very barren Zemo esque things yeah. happen in this story. But I think the highlight this week is uh, Lamar Hoskins and John Walker's storyline. Oh yeah. <sighs> to go into it at all is to tread spoilers so those who aren't sticking around for spoilers will will wrap it up here for you um things get tense just a little the the plot of this show is not as cut and dry as it appears to be it's um uh, while um, wyatt russell and uh clay bennett 
Clay Bennett, yes. The two folks we were talking about. There, there is a very big wildcard element to this series, which makes me think that the first three episodes were one thing, and these remaining three, so the two after this one, are going to be a different thing entirely. Mm. And I'm fine with that, because it's all organic and we watch it happen in real time. Um... This is especially a big deal if you are invested in the world of the MCU because you already have opinions about how things are meant to be by this point and this show is going to flip the bird to your opinions in a way that is very compelling and very, very interesting and this isn't this isn't a Ralph Boner ha, we're playing a joke on you situation <laughs> this is a, oh no, we know you care about that now look at this. It's oh, I think this is the strongest of the four episodes so far. Yeah, I, definitely. I really, yeah. really yeah. dug this one. Um, I cannot wait to see where it goes. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we put on our spoiler hats and yeah, sw- yeah, let's do that. Swan into the spoiler um, soiree. So that- tipping, tipping a genteel milady to everyone as we passed. Uh, this episode ends on a hell of a visual. Fuck me, does it? Oh my god, <laughs> just. The, Just uh, the the the, mm. the Captain America shield dripping with blood. Yeah, held by Captain America. Yeah, and the wo- in front and, of and the world. Yeah, everyone got it in, getting it on their old camera phones. It's it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's forget real world parallels, even of you know authority being caught doing something fucking horrible by the public. Yeah. Um. And the power of being able to hold power to account by essentially holding up your camera and going, people can see what you're doing. Mm. Maybe think about what you're doing. I mean, there's some powerful shit going on there. And this is a series that has absolutely dealt with power struggle, abuse of power, um, social and racial um, angles when it comes to these dynamics. Yeah. Uh. Oh god, this episode was all about shocking you. Um, let's talk John Walker because, f- oh Jesus! Oh, he's a nasty piece of work, isn't he? I I love who's who's the actual plays Carly. She's she's great. She uh, is really Erin good. Erin Kellerman. She's one of those actors who I think we're going to see in a lot more things. Yeah, because like she's one of the few sort of like oh that was kind of cool of Solo. Yes, and then she's been really good in this. Um, but I think I think the OG like the the MVP of this series is Wyatt Russell. Yeah. Cause fuck, what a bastard. Like, Oh, episode two sets up the idea of, you know, Oh, you kind of like, Oh, you kind of empathize with him. You kind of like him. It's like, yeah, it's big shoes to fill. Like you shouldn't be here, but seems like a nice guy. And by the end of the episode, you're like, he seems like a bit of a dick. Actually. He's got a bit of a, bit of a, you know, uh, inferiority complex. That's going to come back to bite him. Like this is, Okay, maybe they didn't hand this over to a good dude. Episode three. Yeah, this guy's definitely a dick. This guy is not the nicest guy at all. And oh, he's getting... Mm, okay. Bruised ego does not look good on him. All nope. right, let's nope. see where this goes. This episode is like, yeah, this person's a son of a bitch who is so petty and so bad at this. And you can see why. Like a lot of it's from pressure. And and a lot of it is from that weird expectation of the mantle coupled with the idea that the whole world is watching to make sure like he lives up to being Captain America and he's you know this week we see we see his wedding ring like dude's got a family back home 
So like, yeah, there's that extra level too of you know, like he's he's got to be a hero to his to his you know his old his old um, army buddies and to like, America and the world's got to look up to him. And he's really not stable, and now he's got the super soldier serum in his system. Which, and it, you know, it reminded me a hell of a lot of Nuke from Jessica Jones. Like I was yeah. getting the same vibes. As I mean, that. Nuke and John Walker are, are kind of similar. Nuke's a more extreme version, but yeah, N- they Nuke's are kind the, of similar characters. Yeah, I mean, Nuke right, Nuke right down to having the American flag tattooed on his face in the comics. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely the more extreme. But what's kind of interesting here is like, so in the comics, U.S. agent was appointed. Uh, John Walker was, was appointed as the U.S. agent as, as Captain America. Yeah, by the president who at the time was the Red Skull in disguise, um, and there was this You've whole lost like me here. I'm not sure about all this, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 this whole thing of like he was made Captain America for a time, like for a brief period. Yes, yeah, and then the Red Skull wanted to shatter the um, essentially the legacy by having him do some atrocious things. So he had John Walker's parents killed. Uh, in a accident to push him over the edge. So this is the MCU take is, yeah. no, this guy's already feeling the pressure. He just needs to be tipped. And his ego getting more and more bruised is the thing that makes him go, no, all right, I know what I'm going to, I'm going to fucking, right, what's that? There's, there's a vial of the super soldier serum. No one else carried it. Mine. As I... soon as he pocketed that, I was dreading it. Yeah. I was just like, when's he going to take it? And then the episode reveals brilliantly, oh, he's already taken it. Yeah, he's already taken it. You didn't see him do it, but between the, between that scene and him and and Lamar having a chat at the train station, dude's already fucking taken it. I think like he might have taken already it. Already in the I think he might have taken it after that chat. Oh, do you think that chat might have been the thing that made him? Yeah, yeah. Because again, this episode does a great thing of reminding us of of what the first Avenger did, which is Erskine's formula, or in this case, the the the, the recreation version of the Super Soldier Serum, um, doesn't turn you into a superhero. It turns you into a bigger, stronger, more focused version of who you already are. Yeah, it gives you more of what you. It gives you more of who you already are. Which is the one fantastical element in the first Captain America. It's like you know, amongst all the sci-fi, it's that one thing of like, you know, through all this, no matter what happens tomorrow, please be what you've always been—a good man. And it's like, okay, and you know, there's the implication that, uh, <clears throat> what's his name? Oh God, Red Skull! What's the Red Skull's name? Johann uh, Schmidt. Johann Schmidt. That's it. There's the implication that Johann Schmidt mutated the way he did with the Super Soldier Serum, because you know, like the idea is that it's not the refined version, and you, know, you took it out of this, that, and the other, and la la la. Mm. But there's also the implication that it turned him hideous and terrifying and demonic in the face because he was a bad person. It's like, well, obviously, it's not as simple as that, but maybe it is. Mm-hmm. maybe that's how it works and it looks like john walker is essentially we've got the red skull 2.0 the difference here being that this super soldier serum doesn't change your appearance so like we've we've got an evil motherfucker with the super soldier serum in his veins and he it's unclear at the end of this episode maybe we'll find out next week but he brutally murders one of the flag smashers yeah and possibly decapitates them possibly we don't know for sure i know the internet's already started dubbing him um decapitation america <laughs> but it's like I, we, we don't know if he we don't know if he does that but 
It's the fact that he kills the flag smasher who earlier in the episode has that wonderful moment with Carly where he's like, I used to look up to like those kind of people and specifically Captain America. Yeah. And it's like, he's the one who gets brutally murdered in public by Captain America. And it's like, oh, this is horrid. It is. It and, is. And that, and that final tip to, to lead to that is, is Lamar, is, is, is Battlestar getting murdered. Because yep. the super soldiers, them like Carly's lot, the flag smashers, they're not used to it. It makes you really appreciate how much Steve and also Bucky pull their punches. Oh yeah, <clears throat> like they know their strength, they know what they're capable of, and they're responsible enough to do the right thing. Especially yeah. Steve, because we've seen him fighting superhumans, aliens, robots, but also a lot of normal people. And yeah one kick and Lamar goes flying into the pillar and mm-hmm. neck freaking snaps and he's dead. You're like, oh! Is it a neck snap or is it like a head trauma? I don't think it really matters. Like, it's something It's something horrible anyway. He, he, he's he gone. Like, yeah. the moment he hits that pillar, he's he is no longer among the living. No. And it's just like, oh. Oh, shit. It is rough. Shit. It's so... Oh, it's, it's incredible. I, I, oh, this, this was my favorite one. I don't know if people can tell. I don't know if you can tell, Matt. Oh, I can definitely This was my tell. favorite episode of the no, Thor. It's, it's a really, yeah, it was just <laughs> a really strong, uh, a really strong episode of what is becoming a really strong series. I'm still a little concerned about the way that they are framing the quote unquote villains in terms of, yeah. like, how. I don't want the flag smashers to be comic book evil. Yeah, and I think this um, one does. I think this episode does some work to to flesh them out a lot yeah. more than the previous three. Especially like, after last week's sort of like, oh, uh, I I think we're we're gonna we've got we've got points and, and ideas that actually make sense, but we're definitely evil because we bombed a building with full of people. Um, yeah. so it's, it's it's getting better, but in that sense, but you, um, you you realize that Carly maybe is about to rely on violence as a means of making a point yeah because she thinks it's the easier way out and and now it's that whole thing of like sam's thrown that spanner in the works to her of like you are you are so much better than that like yeah. you are so much better than this I, and i so i think it might i think it might pay off for, i would hope so for yourself in terms of like it's about catching her before she flips to i feel like they're about to go that thing. way yeah. And I feel like they're about like they're gonna use her as a parallel to John Walker. Um I like the way that she dealt with Sam's sister. Like she calls her up and you think it's like a full on threat. And then when Sam arrives, it's like, no, of course it wasn't. Like I'm never I'm, of course I'm not gonna go out of my way to harm her. I just needed you to be here and take this yeah. seriously. And you're like I, d- you- I don't I don't doubt her when she says that. Like I can't imagine her running to go and physically threaten to kill his sister in the next two. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, she, yeah, I get you. She means that she means that, like, she's innocent. Like, why would I hurt her? Don't be ridiculous. Mm. Although I do love that she's, like, come alone. So naturally, Bucky's like, I'm coming with you. And then they both rock up. And she doesn't outright say it. She just kind of looks at Bucky. He's looking at Bucky like, you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's there. You brought someone. <laughs> but I love the fact Bucky's just like, no, I'm with you. I'm staying with you. Fuck it. But to be fair, you. she lets it go. Like, she doesn't... Yeah. Like, she understands that... There's got to be some compromise. So the fact that she's you, you're able to at least try and reason with her, uh, certainly more than you are with John Walker, who's supposed to be the good guy, I think is an interesting parallel. I just want to see where they go with it and see if they stick the landing or see if yeah. they fuck it. Um, I oh, really fuck that landing. 
Put your penis in that landing, everybody. Go on, yeah. go for it. Uh, really good action stuff in this, especially with the Dora Milaje uh, fights. Um, <gasps> oh, and I, can we take a moment to appreciate that they didn't go the easy route or the most cliche route? John Walker gets his ass handed to him, and the first thing he didn't say was, but they're just a bunch of women, or they're a bunch of guns. No, the Philly yeah. but they weren't even super soldiers. And you can see that that's the point where he's like, the fuck am I doing? That absolutely like, destroys him, yeah. It's of course the Dora Milaje kick your ass. Just because you're wearing that costume, just because you're holding the shield, doesn't mean that you're like immediate authority, superhuman, everybody bows down to you. Like, mm. you are... You are a pawn in this. Yeah, totally. And I do I do hope they bring it back to the government in the States. I don't want that to get left hanging. I think that might be the thread that goes on into the films going forward. Possibly. Yeah. The idea of the government trying to go, you all went rogue as hell. So we're going to do Avengers. Like, we're going to have that. We're, it's going to be ours and we own it. And... You know the 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 rest of the world will respect our country. They'll respect America because we have the Avengers and they're ours. And we our Captain America didn't work, but here's our Hulk and here's our Iron. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. you could the stuff that you could do with that. Um, I don't want that to get left open because that to me is the biggest. Like, are you gonna say something about this so far? Is this yeah. like they they lied to Sam's face? <laughs> like in episode one, one representative is like, yeah. "You're doing the right thing, donating the shield." And by the end of it, it's like, "Here's Captain America." It's like. You were planning this. You've obviously focus grouped. You've figured out what soldier you want. You've made a fucking uniform. They ha- they already had him trained, like... Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, Zemo. Sweet Zemo. Zemo. Sweet. Sweet, sweet Zemo. Creepy, Literally sweet singing Zemo. nursery rhymes and dishing out Turkish delight to children Zemo. <laughs> so creepy. Yep. So creep. Brule plays the creep factor this week, and it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable and slimy in places. Um, and I love when he calls Sam out, and Sam just very calmly, completely defeats him in debate within like two sentences. Yeah, it's like Zemo's playing mind games, and they're working on Bucky. Bucky says they aren't, but he's clearly getting wound up. Oh yeah, and they're not bothering Sam at all. Because like, I know I know exactly what you're doing. Like, it's just a really neat way that this series is sort of fleshing out the idea that yes, Steve and Bucky were friends for longer, but there's a reason that Steve chose Sam to succeed him and yeah. not Bucky. Because we have Buck says it is last. It was either end of last week or this one where he basically is like, if I had the choice, I'll do it. Like I'll be Captain America if it's the, if someone needs to do it. It's not him. It's not this John Walker dude. Yeah. I'll do it. And it's like, okay. But even Bucky knows that like that's not the right call. It's not the right decision. No, like, no. It's like, like you said, Steve picked Sam for a reason. And we're getting to see more and more of that, which we which we didn't necessarily see through the films, which is why this is nice to be given this room to breathe and have and have those characters sort of grow a little. Um Sharon. Yeah. Do we think she's got more to do with the power broker than she's letting on? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because we still, we're, we're four episodes into six episode miniseries. We still don't know who or what the power broker is besides somebody who paid for the construction of the super soldier serum. Yeah. And is pissed off that they haven't got it because the flag smashers nicked it and is able to threaten the flag smashers and be like, you better bring it to me or you're in trouble. And yeah. they're definitely in trouble now because eight super soldiers, 20 doses, 
eight of them gone, one of them now dead, and the other two 30, of them dead. Uh, the, the, yeah, the other twelve. Oh, of course, yeah. And the other in twelve a couple vials, of episodes ago got gunned down. Yeah, and and the other twelve vials, uh, eleven smashed and one taken by Captain America. So it I made love total Zemo sense when Zemo the smashed them. Yeah. Yes. I think there's that one yes. where you think he's like, is he going to take it? And then he's just I'm like, glad he didn't. I'm glad Fuck. he didn't. Because his power is in being a master manipulator. Yeah. Like, that's his power. Um, He's a chess master. So it, I thought they it, might do the, oh, you, you got to become the thing you hate to destroy the thing you hate. Um, but he also makes a big point in this one I, of saying, like, he didn't, he didn't hate Steve Rogers. So I didn't hate Steve Rogers. Steve no. Rogers was a good man. What he hated was the Avengers. Like, that's yeah. what he hated. And now it's gone. So he's like, I did my work. I got what I wanted. Like, I don't mean any. I don't mean ill will to any of you individually. But what you did, because of being one big thing, that needed to go. And I've done it. And it's like fair enough. Like fair enough. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad he smashed it, and that resulted in more of a chill up my spine when John Walker spots the missing one. You're like, yeah, yeah. The out of out of out of Zemo or Walker getting hold of a vial to become a super soldier, Walker's the one that scares me. The scares me more at this point. Like he's mm. unhinged. You don't know what he could do. Um, yes. And then they show you how unpredictable he can be by killing someone and holding up the shield. Which um, there was some photos during the production of the series leaked about a year or ago of that scene being filmed, though they shot around things carefully so you couldn't see exactly what he was doing. Mm. But like they get like the shot of him sort of standing with the shield and someone took a photo from the set and there's no blood on the shield, so they chose to go digital with that shot. Yeah. Which I think is a good call because had we all seen that prior to this episode, it would have been like, what the hell's going on? Whereas in this case it just came as a complete absolute shock. Like it was just like <gasps> also means that they can tweak it as to how graphic they want it to be. <clears throat> yeah, and decide decide as they go yeah. along. Like, how far are we going to push this? It's PG thirteen. How far toward the thirteen are we going to push this? Because I think this has been, in terms of violence, it's been pushed further than any of the films have been. It gets away with it because it's bloodless. Yeah, which is why the blood was so shocking. Yes, because suddenly it's like. Oh, oh fuck! <laughs> oh, oh damn! Shield did what? The shield was used to what? Um, I, I can't wait to see where this goes, and more so, I'm delighted because we. I don't know about you. I can't tell where it's gonna go. No, I'm not quite sure. The two episodes to go, I'm not sure how it's gonna wrap up. So, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be an interesting couple of weeks. Speaking of not knowing which way things are going to go, title fight, spoilers continue. If you want Matt's spoiler-free thoughts on Godzilla vs. Kong 2, Monsterverse Trick Boogaloo, uh, (laughs) go back to last week. That's where his spoiler-free review was. But Mayhew. Yes. Tell me, Don Mayhew, tell me. Of El Diablo and Skull Island and the Hollow Earth I and all these other things. Who you think would win in a fight between Kong and Godzilla? In a just world, it'd be Kong because he's more empathetic. Um, in most, in terms of like most iterations of you know that have come and gone over the years, Godzilla is either 
hero or villain. Mm. Whereas Kong tends to be hero who is screwed over. <laughs> like, yeah, you can empathize more with him because he's more humanoid. Well, that too. But then again, King of the Monsters, which you know I, I I didn't love, but there was stuff that I really liked about it. King of the Monsters does a great job at setting it up as like, oh no, Godzilla's like Godzilla's a a good dude or a good dude. <laughs> we rewatched King of the Monsters again this weekend, and it is remains just fabulous. <laughs> it's so spectacularly dumb. I love it. Any respect I, I have it. for that film, I love it. Any respect I have for that film comes from how much joy it brings you. <laughs> like, so... That's that's what I'm thankful for existing because of how giddy you were after you saw it. Um, but oh, like, it's so good. So in a Just World Kong, I think though, because I think because they're the mainstay of this franchise, Godzilla's the winner. But, and you kind of hinted this to me after we finished recording last week, because I, I had to ask you a question. I was like, just tell me. Yeah. I still think, even if there is a clear winner, the final fight is them versus th- the other thing, because all of these films always end up doing that because they can't help it. Um, and yeah, it, it totally is, but... Is there a definitive winner in the Kong v Godzilla bouts? Yeah, it's Godzilla. There we go. Okay. Godz- yeah, Godzilla basically almost <laughs> kills Kong. I hate Godzilla even more now. How Kong, dare you? Hands Kong off my ape. backs down because he's on the verge of death and they and the main characters have to like use the power source of one of their cool hollow earth vehicle like hollow earth explorer explorer explorator vehicles as a giant defibrillator to defib defibrillate defibrillator fuck me defibrillator defibrillator jesus you know you say a word so much and it just stops making sense to your mouth that's what it is. Yeah, they have to use one of their, their cool <laughs> Space Age Hollow Earth vehicles as a giant defibrillator to uh, stop Kong from going into cardiac arrest. That's how badly he's been beaten by Godzilla. Okay. Uh, but then he's able to get up and help um, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Who is, correct me if I'm wrong, Yeah. a robot who is partially created using the skull of one of Ghidorah's heads? Yes. Uh, so the, he's, a, he's a giant robot, but the, like, the software for him is yeah. a neural link, which is... Uh, at, the, at the core of which is the, the skull of one of uh, Ghidorah's heads. Do skulls have tissue enough on them to provide a neural link? Well, Ghidorah regenerates, doesn't it? Ah, yes. Okay. So, All right. All right. Bullshit his, movie science. I'll take some that. <laughs> some of his consciousness is in there because the reason that, because at the start of the film, Godzilla starts attacking this Apex company. Mm-hmm. He starts attacking their um, facilities. And the re- as you go on, it finds that the reason that he's attacking them is because he can sense Ghidorah. Um, and then right. the film also implies that Ghidorah has been in control from the start and has been goading Godzilla into it using Mechagodzilla, like, so, like putting out the pulse. So that, that first Godzilla, Godzilla movie, the villain, the villain, as it were, for the film was just big monsters against humans yeah. and humans freaking out because they're like, what the hell do we do? But Godzilla was fighting the Mutos. The big yes. like mo- moth lizard dudes. Yes. Then King of the Monsters, Godzilla is hero monster. 
fighting alongside Mothra and Rodan. Well, against Rodan, because Rodan against teams Rodan, up with uh, yeah. Ghidorah. Again, yeah, against uh, Ghidorah, king of the monsters, Ghidorah, um, at that point. Um, and God, Ghidorah is an alien, three-headed dragon, lightning-firing motherfucker. And then... So this movie is like, it's Godzilla versus Kong. But also Ghidorah kind of possessing robot Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, because there is, there is the idea that there was a war... And it's it sort of expanded up in a little bit with like with like you see old cave paintings and stuff, and you also when you reach the Hollow Earth sort of. <clears throat> so the whole thing is which Apex. is finally paying off because all three of yeah. the previous films have talked about a Hollow Earth theory. They all mention it in like a weird sort of um, you know yeah. VFD or you know oh it's a Ministry of Magic. It's like they just keep dropping hints of this thing and they're not talking about yeah. it. Okay, so it so, pays off in this. Um, a bit like the temple, that, like the sort of undersea temple that you see in King of the Monsters where Godzilla goes to recuperate. Yes. Yeah. So we go to the proper Hollow Earth in this. Because um, Alexander Skarsgård's character is, is the brother of um, a character who you don't, you don't meet who tried to go to the Hollow Earth, but because of the way that gravity works there, because gravity basically flips as you go into the center. Right. Like okay. he, his expedition was destroyed because the 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 vessel that they used to try and get there couldn't withstand the 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 g forces. Um, yeah, and you get some trippy uh, two thousand and one space odyssey shit as they as they go through the gravity barrier in this. Um, so Apex Base are like, oh yeah, we've developed these these like cool hovercraft spatial cool sci-fi things because this is also like set like 10 years in the future from now because it's supposed to be set five years after um uh king of the monsters Monsters, but it's clearly not (laughs) because millie bobby brown's character's still in school um for god's sake (laughs) but also but also like if it's set in the future so we've got like hovercraft and stuff in this like spaceships in this film only this is like the apex's cutting edge experimental technology and that's not like but this is set in the same universe as the 2014 godzilla movie where no shit like that exists at all yeah but it's like 10 years on from that but 10 years come on after I can give it up because ultimately it's a it's a series of films called the MonsterVerse. Like whatever they need to tell yeah, the story like and get the action scenes, fair enough. But I can like, imagine it's really jarring if you box set all four films in a weekend. Yeah, like, like what the fuck? I, and I I did I watched Godzilla and King of the Monsters this weekend. Yeah, and they're so different only. It's like it's like watching eighty nine Batman and then skipping to Batman and Robin. You're like, yeah. how is this the same series? But I love them both. <laughs> Um, I still really like the 2014 Godzilla. Uh, I just think it's, it's all right. Good. It's all right. I'm, um, I'm I'm more partial to the OG original, like you know, 1940s thingy because it's just. I mean, who isn't? But... I think it, it encapsulates the whole like the, the feeling of what the paranoia was at the time. Better. You should check out Shin Godzilla if you get a chance as well. I've seen that's the most recent Japanese iteration. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. The, I've seen, the one Anno. scene I've seen is the one where. Godzilla's like a certain area and they're getting clearance to launch a nuclear warhead and what follows is that seven minute scene of different layers of bureaucracy having to contact each well, that's, other that's, the, that's one that's of the major themes of Shin Godzilla brilliant. it's like so good part of what makes it so hard to respond to this 
gigantic catastrophe is all yeah. the layers of bureaucracy you have to deal yeah. with in the Japanese government. By the time they fire it off, he's nowhere near anymore. And it's yep. just like, that is brilliant. Like, yep. that is hilarious and depressingly real. Um, yep. Yeah. Shin Godzilla's really good. If you can get hold of it, it's, <laughs> it's well worth giving a watch. Is he thick? Um, sorry? Is Godzilla thick with two Cs in Not Shin in Shin Godzilla, no. But he's like, he's scarier. Oh, he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's craglier, isn't he? He's yeah, a craglier bugger. And he's, he's like more mutated mm. and sort of creepy. Because um, it was Shin Godzilla was done by Hideki Yano, who's the guy who did Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. So it's okay. got that sort of sensibility to it, which is pretty dark. Um, so <laughs> And also makes sense, because if you wanted the big thick boy Godzilla the American version that was coming out not too long before Shin Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla Deluxe, one, yeah. Was very much like, here is here is Godzilla with Tum and Bum and yeah. Big Thick Tail and Tiny Pea Head. As I say, that's the, in Japan they nicknamed him Godzilla Deluxe. Did um, they? Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's good. Because <laughs> they, they get the response from like Japanese studios and, and, and filmmakers and film goers was much more positive to the legendary pictures of Godzilla films than it was to the 1999 one. Um, oh, yeah, the the the, uh, the Columbia TriStar. There you go. There's some up for Sony yes. streaming service. Yeah, there we go. Um, the Col- um, yeah, Roland the, Emmerich the, shit the, the show. Tri- the TriStar Godzilla, because, yeah, yeah, they renamed in Japan, they have sort of dubbed that one Zilla. Yeah. Because said there's nothing godly about it. And, and he, they, show, uh, he shows up in the, gets- like, the Final Wars... Yeah, sort of he gets, movie where all the Godzilla show up and just gets chumped in about two seconds. He, he gets yeah, because it's a, like an alien king dude is like summoning every possible monster to fight Godzilla yeah. around the world, and there's a montage where it's just like fighting five or six different monsters in quick succession, and then this one's in Sydney, and it's Zilla, and it's really painfully bad CGI. Like this film, I've seen, I've seen this, so I've seen Final Wars. Yeah. So the, the monsters in this are like mostly still practical effects and really well shot on miniatures and small sets and they look great they look really really good because yeah, I, I think i think godzilla like, was the first japanese produced a... godzilla film where godzilla is entirely cgi yes yeah prior to that it's always been it's always been man in suit yeah um and even in this one but it, the way it's shot and everything it, it looks great it's 2004 2005 i think final wars maybe but but when zilla the 90s American Godzilla shows up in it. It's painful CGI. Yeah, like purposefully they've sort of not they've not given it the sheen that any other CGI effects in the film have, and it gets twatted by Godzilla's tail, knocked into the Sydney Opera House, and then Godzilla uh, atomic breaths it until it explodes. Yep, um, <laughs> it's just like that is beautiful. But anyway, that <laughs> like, was a massive sidetrack. Where were we? So worth it. In Worth this, it. it so so <laughs> Apex, the evil company that are secretly building Mechagodzilla, and yeah. Mechagodzilla is is secretly setting off Godzilla's Ghidorah alarm, which is why he's become so aggressive suddenly. Um, they but want to get Apex have fuck all to do with Monarch. Yeah, Monarch are separate. Apex is like they're, a they're still in it though. Tech company, um, mm. that have become prominent since King of the Monsters. Um, like lots of cybernetics and stuff like that, funnily enough. Um, but they've developed these craft that they reckon can make the journey into Hollow Earth, but they need, because they need a power source that can 
actually because they've built Mechagodzilla, but none of their power sources can actually keep it running for more than a few minutes. So why are they building it to fight Godzilla? To re- to destroy all the Titans, so they don't have to deal with them anymore. Okay, because did, didn't um, yeah, because King of the Monsters ends with like that montage of the credits of Godzilla like kicking the ass of a few other ones. And, well, it, like, the, the whole thing with King of, of the like, Monsters. The rest of them kind of like bowing down as like, yes. you are you are the superior one, we're all going to piss off and live quietly. The whole thing with King of the Monsters is that he's, is that the Godzilla's the alpha. Yeah. And because he was an invasive species, Ghidorah was another alpha. Which is why they had to fight. And also, <clears throat> got the, uh, King Kong is essentially an alpha, but as long as he stays on Skull Island, Godzilla doesn't really give a fuck. Yeah, because he's always been um, kind of self-contained and yeah. tiny. But in this, in this, growing. there is. So they want to get to the Hollow Earth to find this power source that can power, um, Mech and Godzilla because obviously it's like super radiated still down there. It's near, it's the core of the Earth. There's all sorts of weird shit going on, um, and so they they use Kong. Mm-hmm. as a guide to get to the Hollow Earth. Right. So has Kong been there, or is it like a Spider-Sense kind of dealio? It's, it's just like a Spider-Sense kind of dealio, because, yeah. they, because they figure that Skull Island was a exit for the Hollow Earth on the thing, but it's basically... They don't go into whether it's like an ecological disaster or climate change. Basically, Skull Island's been pretty much decimated by a, a like ongoing storms. So it's only the sort of enclosed habitat they've got for Kong, which is still like the Skull Island we saw in the 70s. Yeah. Um, and the native tribe was all but wiped out, apart from one girl who has been adopted by Rebecca Hall, who plays the scientist who is um, sort of in charge of the Kong Yeah, because you're saying that, that Skull Island's under a big yeah. electric Truman Show dome. Yes. And this little girl yeah. sort of has an empathy with Kong, and she's the last of the natives. Uh, and also, it's a deaf character played by a deaf actress, which is very good. Um, good legendary, good work. Because yeah. she, they also teach she signs to Kong, and then mm-hmm. later on in the in the movie, Kong signs back. Ah, so there's a payoff. Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, and that's how they eventually. So she becomes their sort of communication with Kong. Yeah. Um. So they convince him to go into the Hollow Earth, and they go into the Hollow Earth, and it's like basically a, it's trippy as fuck because it's like it's. There's no sky. It's still light, but there's mm-hmm. no sky because the sky is the ground. Okay. So it's it's pretty cool. What? Like it's it's very inceptioner in like you can jump off the top of a mountain and then land on another mountain on the top of another mountain that's okay. directly opposite it. And anyway, they find this big temple in the middle, mm-hmm. which is like clearly, uh, and it's this it sort of makes clear again the sort of stuff that's been hinted at previously that um, there was a sort of war between Godzilla's species and Kong species and that they're the sort of last two. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Kong finds his cool axe thing that you see him within the trailers embedded in the corpse of an embedded in the skeleton of one of Godzilla's species which is even bigger than Godzilla. Um, Jesus Christ. And that sort of, and that that axe is empowered by the same sort of energy source that is the the Hollow Earth, which is also the same sort of energy source that powers Godzilla's atomic breath. Okay. Um, and then, but then Apex take that and fuck off and use it to power Mechagodzilla. 
Um, <laughs> at which point, Godzilla uses his atomic breath to drill a hole from Hong Kong through to the Hollow Earth just so the protagonists can get out quicker. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Like he, he about like in universe, he's seriously doing it as some sort of threat display. But plot wise, it's just a me- mechanism to get Alexander Skarsgård and Rebecca Hall and and the little girl from the Hollow Earth to Hong Kong really quickly, so Kong can fight Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla just climbs up this giant hole. It's so stupid, but I love it. Um, wait, 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 wait! What the fuck? So Godzilla's like. Oh, I hear somebody in my basement. Bruh! Basically, yeah. I shall Basically, now yeah. patiently wait for you to climb up here so yep. we may fight in the Neon City. Yep, and that, that second fight is in, is in Hong Kong. It's neon soaked. Like, clearly hundreds of thousands of people are dying because they're just smashing shit left, right, and center. And you get loads of sorts of people, like, running away and trying to get underground and stuff, but they're just causing so much damage. Like, they yeah. level most of the city, and that's even before Mechagodzilla comes out. Because um, the the last facility where Mechagodzilla is actually being contained is in Hong Kong, which is why Godzilla's gone there. Right, okay, that makes um, sense. So they're gonna tell me it like jetpacks up into the sky and then flies around the earth to come find them. <laughs> it's weird. No, so, um, oh god, mech, it's mech, so stupid. Mecha Godzilla to the rescue. But yeah, it's, it's just for for no apparent reason. Godzilla just breathes a hole into the center. Of the earth. <laughs> does, he, does he peer into it like a nosy neighbor? Hey guys, what you doing? No, he kind of just fucks off after that. Oh right, so he waits just, like. It's going to take them a couple of hours to Hong climb Kong. up, so uh, yeah. I'm going to... And then Kong arrives, and they I'm going to go get battle, a Mackie's. Yeah. <laughs> Godzilla beats the shit out of him both times. I have seen I've seen it written. Please tell me whether this is true. Okay. That Godzilla does an evil laugh at some point in that scene? Like, just looks at the camera and giggles? Is that true? It's not It's not like an evil laugh thing. It's like a, it's like a sort of... <clears throat> Um, you know the you know the moment in where these two dudes having a fight in a movie and one of them punches the other dude and then the dude's like wipes the blood from his lips and looks at it and smiles. Yeah, it's like a Godzilla equivalent of that. So it's the Godzilla equivalent that bit in BVS where Wonder Woman gets smacked by Doomsday and sort of goes. Uh, yeah, a little bit like that. And... It's, it's a little bit like that. Okay, because um, I've seen it described as an evil laugh. Like at least three no, times online, no. and I was like, um, "Can Godzilla laugh?" But the only reason, so huh? it's like Mothra's two... ghost floating over him, going, "Dude, calm <laughs> down." <laughs> the two Godzilla Kong fights. The only reason that either of them end. So the first one is on a bunch is when they're transporting from Skull Island the, to Antarctica, like, like the 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 the, yeah. the carriers, the the big ships, the battleships. Yeah. Um, yeah. During during which the Monarch people and Apex people lose their entire risk escort fleet, like Jesus. it's that devastating. Um, and it only ends because well, Godzilla's nearly drowned for one thing, so one of the battleships depth charges. Wait, no, Godzilla's Kong, nearly drowned. Kong's nearly drowned. Sorry, by Godzilla. Oh right, I was going to say um, God, bloody hell. Because Godzilla gets just free. has Godzilla been using as has God, had Godzilla been holding its breath every other time <laughs> it was swimming in the previous movies? It's like. <gasps> Gonna need just enough for three weeks. <gasps> mm. 
Uh, <laughs> or she got a tiny so, little snorkel. It's like a tiny little snorkel just sticking oh God, out of the corner of its mouth. That's too cute. Um, <laughs> a so, snorkel as big as a, as a tower block just sticking so, um, out of the side of its mouth. Yeah, Kong manages to get free with the help of like depth charges from one of the battleships. And then he okay. just wiped out on the deck of this aircraft carrier, like, uh, uh, uh. and then the, the I did not expect like, to fight a giant lizard when I woke yeah. up this morning. And then, and then, um, the human characters are like, just shut the ship off, just shut the ship off and stay still. And like, so it's only that sort of show Jurassic of... Park rules, Jurassic it's, it's... Park rules. No, it's to show, it's to show like, um, deference oh so like, like hey, stand down hey so it's like not, okay look, you beat us you beat us we're done we're done and then and then Godzilla leaves him alone because his, his main thing is to get his destroying Ghidorah who he can yeah. sense but obviously no one else knows he's still around and then the second fight it literally it literally ends with like God's uh, Kong again wiped out giving a very good account of himself especially with his fancy axe um just like completely wiped out, like singed from the atomic breath where he's been caught by it, and he's just on his back in the middle of Hong Kong, and then Kong Godzilla just comes up, stands on his chest, and just roars in his face. Right. <laughs> okay. So, like, so, God, uh, so Godzilla's like uh, not Godzilla's not like I will kill you. It's like I'll kill you if I have to. Yeah. I just, just want to like, whoop your ass. <laughs> he's just like step the fuck off. Yeah. Okay. Right? I'm the boss. All right. It's just, it's just getting. It's, it's just getting Kong. He's not out there to kill Kong. He's like, it's to, it's to, to um. Yeah, we done. Him. We yeah. fucking done. Good. Did I, I stutter? Did I stutter when I said I'm king of the monsters? <laughs> if the human characters didn't intervene with their fancy hovercraft explosion as a defibrillator, do oh, fucking hell, def- <laughs> Matt versus defibrillators. Defibrillator. Defib- defibrillator. <laughs> Um, then he would have, he would have died from his injuries. Okay, like off from okay. the shock of his injuries, I should say, not from his because he wasn't actually that badly injured. He just took a, a massive beating, um, and then he gets his second wind in time to help. So when they fight Mech and Godzilla, God, regular Godzilla's getting his ass kicked. Um, <clears throat> Fair enough, because the the <laughs> sort of breath weapon that Mech and Godzilla's got is more powerful than. Because um, it's straight Godzilla's from the source. Atomic like breath, a, yeah. It's not <clears throat> and it actually, well, it actually manages to burn Godzilla. Which is the first Shit. time we've seen that. Like, yeah. Is there any tanks and nuke at point blank range that are facing King of the Monsters and then just begin, and then just goes into meltdown? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just some serious fuck damage to him. Um, and like, Mechagodzilla's like a cool design. He's got... He's... Got a spinny blade tail, like he's got blades on the end of his tail that can spin like a drill. He's got gun. He's got like cannons in his arms. Uh, he's got spine missiles. He's got uh, these big breath weapon, which is bright red as opposed to Godzilla blue. blue. Okay. Um, but like when once Godzilla charges up uh, Kong's axe with his atomic breath, yeah, Kong just like slice it like he's lopping Mechagodzilla's limbs off okay alright like, so and that's how they eventually fight him it's like does, um, does Kong does Kong get the get to it considering he's been beaten by Godzilla twice does he get to at least be the one to like deliver the killing blow to oh, Mechagodzilla he, he, he dismembers if I remember correctly he dismembers Mechagodzilla and then and then Godzilla just pulls its head off 
which go. is which is kind of what he did with Ghidorah. Ghidorah, but I don't think he. I think the Ghidorah skull is still around by the end of the movie, so they could do it again if they wanted to. Yeah, because there's been talk about it online this week that they've, there's currently no planned next film. Yeah, because King of the Monsters didn't do that well, but this had a really good opening, especially considering home. Like, it's, it's the best yeah. opening since the lockdown started. Yeah. Because people um, wanted to watch two giant monsters beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, and it's well worth watching. It's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> so Millie Bobby Brown's character's back. And her sorry, subplot... Sorry, could you, could you define character? Millie Bobby Brown is playing somewhat in this film. Um, okay. Well, yeah, there we go. And her whole thing is, like, there's a guy played by Brian Tyree Henry who works for Apex. Oh, I love him. Who is has a se- Do they give him decent stuff to work with, he's, please? He's very silly. He's basically a, a crazy conspiracy theory dude who has a podcast called Titan Truth, where he's like, <laughs> I, I know, right? This is the kind of tone they're going for in this film. It's not serious at all. Um, and he's like, oh, I know the truth about what, what really happened. And I work for Apex. And I, I know they're, they're doing some really, they're really doing some really dodgy things. And uh, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And then, so basically... Uh, Millie Bobby Brown's character and her Does he mate. not fear at all that someone's going to try and fight, figure out who he is? I nope. work for this company nope. and I'm going to take make... them down. The only thing they get into it is like, oh, he's <laughs> like, he washes in bleach so they can't track him. Because <laughs> that is how, but that's how uh, Millie Bobby oh. Brown's character tracks him down is they just go somewhere. She walks around going, I can smell bleach. <laughs> then they just they just go they work out like where like the, the podcast can be uploaded from then they go to the area and they're just like going around being like do you know when he buys like tons of bleach <laughs> that's literally how they find him because it's Jesus. her and uh julian dennison um from fire Deadpool fist 2, and yep yeah. uh, and for all the people and he's just like her nerdy mate and he just kind of gets <laughs> like she he like he borrows his brother's van he borrows his brother's van so they can go on this road trip to find this dude. And then they find the dude and then they all infiltrate the Apex facility together and they get in this weird thing that's full of skull crawler eggs. And then they go in oh, the weird skull crawlers, yeah. subterranean yeah. transit system and they end up in the testing pen for Mechagodzilla and they see it just absolutely like decimate a skull crawler in like short order and managed and they they they're just like hanging around like infiltrating this apex facility and then later on they sever the um the after mechagodzilla goes rogue like G- mm. Ghidorah takes over they sever the the connection between the Ghidorah skull and the mechagodzilla body so it so it loses right, its sentience okay, yeah. which is which is <clears throat> another thing that allows godzilla and kong to defeat it um because yeah the so the so There's she's there to basically be like, that monster was from the last film and it's an evil one. It must yep. be controlling the robot. Quick, turn it off for a minute. Yep. It's <laughs> and, it, and it's neat, like the, the sort of control route, like the, the skull control, it's very like, it's the massive Ghidorah skull with like the pilot seat in the middle of it because the pilot for Mechagodzilla is revealed to be the estranged son of Ken Watanabe's character from King of the Monsters and Godzilla. What, Mr. Let Them Fight? Yeah. What? Apparently he has, he has an estranged son who wants to destroy Titans and he's the pilot for Mechagodzilla and he pilots it by putting on Is a weird he... VR helmet in the middle of the Ghidorah skull, which has all these weird, cool, like, pulsing purple and blue, like, uh, um, 
like fiber optic cables going into it. It's it's really why, neat. why does he want to kill? Because his dad died. Is it a revenge um, thing? Because his dad like respected Godzilla and wanted to <sighs> study him. They don't go into it. The only reason you know he's related to that to that guy is because they have the same surname. And oh, okay. it's only through like reading stuff about the film that I knew that he was supposed to be his son and they were estranged. Like that's it. Um because they so, don't so, go it like this. So this film continues the King of the Monsters tradition of Oh, the human characters. Uh, uh stuff. Shut up! Look at the punching. So, so Kyle Chandler, <laughs> who is the Billy Bobby Brown's character's dad, dad. like oh, he's still he pops up playing the same character, but he has exactly the same plot. In that the only times you see him are him being like, oh, where's Madison? <laughs> because he knows that she's gone on this weird road trip and that she disappears in the middle of this crisis and he's trying to find her. So the only time you ever yeah, see him what, what is him going, investment I've got be, to find really? Madison. Like, because in the last one, if I remember correctly, her mum was, ba- was the antagonist, essentially, yeah. of, the, of the film because she was like... No, we have to. They they've got to cleanse the planet and kill us all because that's that's what they're meant to do. Ghidorah has got, to win. No, they've got and... to cleanse the planet and kill most of us, oh, so yeah, the she, rest she, of us yeah. can survive. She went to Thanos um, that shit, didn't she? Yeah, um, yeah, and she died in King of the Monsters, right? Yeah, she does the self sacrifice <clears throat> okay. thing. Of she holds um, Ghidorah off for long enough for Godzilla to re- to recover and do the killing blow, but then she gets caught in Godzilla's sort of meltdown <laughs> of course when you get the burning um, godzilla and he's just emanating waves of heat and just melting everything inside it's very cool i fucking so love she- the monsters man i love it so much <laughs> <laughs> it's so good do you think if they don't hashtag continue the monsterverse or whatever it was that was trending last weekend do you think this is a fitting finale if they don't yeah, carry it great. on it's fucking great. They did shoot a post-credit scene for it, but they ended up just using it in the film like as the last scene before the credits because we're like, eh, because all it is is like showing you uh, Kong's new habitat and the new monarch outpost, which is in the Hollow Earth. So Kong gets his okay. happy ending of going back to, of going back to the Hollow Earth. Now, there's nothing. There. There's nothing left for him on Skull Island, but in the Hollow Earth, he can at least be king. Yeah. Although they'll so, never um, say that because they can't call him King Kong well, for legal reasons, which go. is really weird. Um, Kong so, is in the public domain, but King Kong is owned by a different studio as a name? Weird. <laughs> it leaves so them with weird. places to go if they want to continue it. So um, Godzilla's roaming around on the Earth. Godzilla's be- doing sorry, Godzilla thing sorry, like he was at the end of King of the Monsters. Kong is in charge of under the earth kong is in the hollow earth exploring that with with the monarch people who were with him looking out for him and uh Ghidorah's skull i think he's still fl- i don't think you can see it get destroyed um just making godzilla gets destroyed so god so Ghidorah's skull is still around to maybe someone to maybe <clears throat> use in some nefarious scheme again or maybe kickstart its regeneration abilities and regrow Ghidorah. who who knows or dares um, to dream. Or maybe Ghidorah was simply the harbinger of a uh, of another alien invasion. Um, or maybe Ghidorah was the friends we made along the way. All three of them. Maybe Ghidorah will start a podcast uh, about all the other Titans being bitches. Like, so, oh, they're all little bitches. This one's called Talking Titans. And so, I'm going to tell you all about them little bitches. 
something that I love about King of the Monsters is that they they named the three heads of Ghidorah like one, two, and three in Japanese. Yeah, like Ichi San and Niri. I can't remember what one, two, and three in Japanese is. But the 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 third head was also called Kevin because it was stupid. Brilliant. <laughs> They just gave it a human it name. Was, just Kevin. Yeah, because it was the stupid one. And I think it's Kevin, which is the skull. Kevin's Revenge! That's in this. Godzilla uh, vs. Kong, sure Kevin's that. Revenge! I'm not 100% sure. Um, Don't teach you to call me stupid! It's, 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 under, it's under two hours, so it's the shortest of all of the legendary monster yeah. films. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it doesn't do any more than it needs to to get the plot from A to B. Like the human character, like you've got Alexander Skarsgård, you've got Rebecca Hall, uh, Carl Chandler, remember Bobby Brown, Julian Dennison, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, like all doing good stuff, like as in getting the plot, get keeping the plot all, moving, all along. showing up on time, getting into yeah. makeup at the right time, getting they learned their lines, they showed home. up on set, and they said them like they meant them, and then that's all they needed to do, um, <laughs> and just. Uh, <laughs> Like, it's a great, it's a great thing of like, so they're trying to sever the uplink between the Ghidorah like head and Mechagodzilla, and the Julian Dennison character is like trying to hack into it. And he's like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then instead of like having him just have elite hacker skills, he just grabs Brian Tyree Henry's character's hip flask that's been set up earlier on and just pours it into the computer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that's. That would have been, I'll be honest, if it was about disrupting the machinery for just a minute, that would have been my first port of call. Yeah. Just break so it. Like, just break the machine. It's like, this This kid doesn't have any particular skills. He's just Millie Bobby Brown character's mate, and they go on this road trip together. Like, he's not like a, a crazy hacker or anything. He's just a weird kid whose brother has a van and just gets caught up in hey, this. But he's also the one. the plot rolling. He's also the one who gives, well, literally. He's also the one who gives Mechagodzilla its name. Because it's never okay. called Mechagodzilla in the film. When they first see it, Brian Terry Henry's like, oh, it's Robo-Godzilla. And then she doesn't, it's like, nah, it's Mechagodzilla. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this oh, is so Jesus. stupid. I love it. I this love the, it. This is the 2000s, like, you know, what, what, what was that lady? Some kind of cat woman? And it's like, ah, yeah, yeah we did the thing. Mm. And you, you, you get the, the great thing where um, the main villain who's responsible for Mechagodzilla, what's his name? Uh, the Silas Mustache Twirls. Yes, basically. The guy who <laughs> runs Apex, who is played by... <laughs> Who is Paul? <laughs> That's Matt up. summoning the English language back to his 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 his, uh, his, his sphere. It's played by uh, Demian Bashir, I think. Is that the right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the right dude. Um, he is like he's doing his whole explaining his evil plan, and then while behind him, Mechagodzilla is becoming sentient and turning against its creators, and then turns around just in time to get destroyed, like get munched by it. Uh, so it's, it's that it's that kind of level of plotting really well. Like it's not trying to do anything new. It's not trying to do anything particularly inventive. It's just literally getting you from monster fight to monster fight as quickly and efficiently as possible, and keeping a smile on your face. Like I probably the human would. Stuff, I probably would prefer this because part of my big problem with King of Monsters was the human stuff bored me to fucking tears. I see. I loved it all though. I thought because I think it was just done with just such an, enough. <laughs> 
awareness of what they were doing. Like, like no one was taking it super seriously. Some people were taking it less seriously than others. I'm looking at you, Bradley Whitford. You are a gem in that film, as you are in most films you're in, but particularly in King of the Monsters, it's just great. And like, but then you look at like Ken Watanabe, he's taking it way more seriously, but that's just because yeah. of his character. And it's because um, his character was originated in a movie that took it as a ground level realistic take on yeah. all this. And then he's now suddenly in a movie with a three headed space dragon. You're like, but it works. Sure. It works. It just works. And Do we see many it, of the other Titans? Because the other thing, my other intrigue for these movies is the creature feature element. Skull Island, full of the bastards. Godzilla, yeah, not see, enough, but fair enough. King of the Monsters, fair amount, but a little too cock-teasy for me. King of the Monsters, I want to see that one. I want to see that one. Oh, just, oh God, oh, never mind. You don't, unfortunately, see, see much of the other Titans. I don't think you see any of the other Titans <clears throat> in this. Well, we, get a, we get a skull crawler or two, right? But you get a skull crawler getting just... <laughs> so they 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 basically release a skull crawler into Mechagodzilla's test pit to see how it does. And in about two seconds flat, it just grabs the skull crawler, holds its arms to the side, and then uses its atomic breath equivalent to saw it in half, like, vertically. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, you know, so that's that's how they show how tough Mech and Godzilla is. It just like annihilates a skull crawler in about two <laughs> seconds flat. And then when you get to the Hollow Earth, you've got like weird giant vulture birds and pteranodon bats and like things like that. But nothing, nothing on the scale of a of another Titan from like King of the Monsters stuff. No, nothing, nothing as freaky as like the bamboo spiders from Skull Island. No, or, no, no, no. Or, but, or any monster from Peter Jackson's King Kong. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, but the implication is a lot of that stuff came from the Hollow Earth. So yeah. if they do do the Hollow Earth stuff, like we can a, go all in on the creepy monsters. Yeah, there's, like there's a there's a great shot in when they're like when they're doing the big Hollow Earth flyover, which mm. is a bit it's a bit like the um, the flyover of um, Ego in Guardians Volume Two. Yeah. It's that kind of like, look at all this amazing scenery, da, 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 da. but then everything is monsters. Like they just fly over a bunch of like these big rocks, and then the rocks just all get up and turn out to be giant crabs, and they just start moving around. Oh, um, okay. It's just things like that. So there's lots of little background monsters and a couple of little things that that were uh, um, little antagonistic forces, but it is mainly focused on Kong, Godzilla, and then later Mechagodzilla. Uh, it's just such a blast, man. It's just so silly. Like, it is... It is even sillier than King of the Monsters, and it knows it's silly. It's Adam Wingard who directed it. Um, who did, like, Your Next and The Guest, and that sort of, like, retro horror... Like, the sort of retro horror movies that we got in, like, the, the late 2000s. Yeah. Um... Did segments for um, VHS and VHS Two and ABCs of Death, uh, that kind of thing. Um, so somebody who's used to shorter, more succinct, yeah. like I am going to tell a story. I have this much time to tell it in, and it's going to be frightening and really creepy and cool to look at. Okay, let's yeah. go. Did uh, he did the Death Note movie, which a lot of people didn't like? Mm, yeah, we great. weren't fans of that. But then he he also <laughs> did the Blair Witch. Uh, oh, the, uh, sequel the, slash the, reboot, yeah. which I thought was really good. Um, okay, I quite liked. Uh, but yeah, I did the guest did um, your next that kind of thing. So he's got 
Apparently, he's doing Thundercats next. Oh! So, and then, so, if he can do the same sort of tone for Thundercats as he did with this, I think we're in good hands. If not, I don't say that as someone who's like, doesn't really care for Thundercats either way, but. Um, he, he will do if it's as much fun as Godzilla vs. Kong. I mean, yeah, so. like, this is Saturday morning cartoon sort of levels of let's find the. The, the least complicated, most contrived way we can to get two giant monsters to fight and have fun doing it. And it, it's good. It succeeds on every level at that. Is it, a, is it a great script? No. Is it an efficient script? Yeah. Uh, like, are, the, are the fights great? Yeah, the fights are... Like, the monster action is just incredible. It's like the way it's all choreographed and the way it feels so fluid and mm. and it's easy to follow. Like it's not just like what the fuck am I watching? It's not like the metal hurricanes of the Bayformers movies or anything. It, it's just it's just great. I love it. I, I really like it. I can't. I cannot honestly recommend it as a good piece of cinema. But you'll enjoy the fuck out of it if you. Yeah. Uh, if you go into it knowing what to expect, because, oh, I like it a lot. I like it. And so it's more King of the Monsters, but All more right. fun and brighter coloured. Well, if you all enjoyed the fuck out of that, we hope you enjoyed the fuck out of this. Yay! So I, so I did that. So I did the segue in a way. That was good. That uh, was good. I think we, we that was fun. I like I said, I'm glad it exists because you look so goddamn happy talking about it. <laughs> That's enough for me. That's enough for me. We like we like liking things here. It's, on one, it's one of those films where you you just see something ridiculous happen and laugh out loud because what you saw happen was just so ridiculous. Some of the best shit. Some and of the you, best shit. But the great thing is, you know that's exactly what they were trying to do. Is get that reaction from you. Oh, an ominous sound just clicked outside of my door so go and deal with the ominous sound either Ghidorah is here to take me away or it's time boys and girls to wrap up if you want to let us know about anything ask us about a thing or tickle us on the pips you get in touch with bigdamncontact at gmail.com you can tweet us at bigdamncast you can watch live video game programming on Friday nights at twitch.tv slash bigdamstream if you want to throw us a few shekels to keep the lights on around this here tiny tiny warehouse that we run with an iron fist and no soundproofing (laughs) uh, you can go to patreon.com slash bigdamncast but until next time what I want to know Matt is who would win out of a fight between King Kong and that weird plasticine Godzilla mold that they gave away with KFC toys in 1998. Do you remember that? Godzilla. Okay. But, like, it's only, like, two inches tall. I totally had one of them. Uh, me too. You, you, you like, molded little skyscrapers yeah. out of the... Yeah. yeah. Who would fight... Who would win in a fight between Kong and your Godzilla hand puppet? I think my Godzilla hand puppet out of charm. It's just a handsome. It's the only good thing to come out of the 1998 Tristar for. Is this hand puppet? Well, let's find out. Be back here next week for the title match. Wait, what? I'm not watching that film again. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone.